You are listening to Waffle, the bite-sized podcast with Paul Jenkins. First broadcast on Rossendale Radio on the 26th of July 2020. This week, Paul talks to Hailey Hughes about her new book, Preserving Positivity, Choosing to Stay in the Classroom and Banishing a Negative Mindset. They talk about her work as a secondary school English teacher and her history of working as a journalist. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Weekend Wind Down. It's Paul Jenkins on 104.7 Rossendale Radio. Uh, and I'm joined this afternoon. Well, uh, do you want to introduce yourself to the to the fine people of Rossendale? Yeah, happy to. Uh, my name's Hayley Hughes. Um, I'm a secondary school English teacher and also I've just authored a book that's recently come out. And that book is Preserving Positivity, something that uh, which we're all trying to do at the moment. We're all under extreme stress, uh, but uh, but particularly teachers uh, uh, really do need that kind of that preservation of, of of something good, I suppose, to look for, look forward to. It's, it's, a, it's a really stressful time to, to be a teacher, isn't it? Mm, I mean, it's stressful for the whole country, you know, um, and especially key workers. Mm. Um, I mean, I I try to keep uh, positivity by comparing what I'm doing to the to the heroes that are in the NHS, um, and it gives me a little bit of perspective, really. But it has been tough. It's probably been the toughest time of of my almost fifteen year career in teaching. That's for sure. And whereabouts uh, whereabouts do you teach? Um, I'm an English teacher at Saddleworth School in Oldham, so I live in a beautiful rural area. It's mm-hmm. quite a big school, though. There's um, not far off uh, 1,500 pupils on roll, so goodness. we are a big comp. Yeah. And from working in that that kind of situation, because I, 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 again, I worked uh, very similar to you when I was teaching. I, I worked in a school just over a thousand, uh, and and you you can kind of lose yourself in that in that big environment, can't you? It can become almost almost impersonal between either the staff or the students. There's people you, you may may not see every day. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, for the first five or six years of my career, I was in a much smaller school in Warrington um, and there were only about 700 pupils in that school. And I, I loved it because I knew all the staff really well. Um, there were ki- I knew all kids and whole families of children, actually, um, you know, whose brothers and sisters I may have taught. And you could really put a name to every pupil. But when you work in a bigger school, you do lose that personalization I think and there are members of staff because we all kind of work in faculties I suppose Mm. there are members of staff that you're absolutely right you know you might not see from from one month to the next and I still see kids in year 11 that I'm I think to myself I've never seen you before so yeah it's a (laughs) strange one really it's um I mean you've it's I've had a quick uh, flip through the book I'll uh, and uh, as uh, as I said to you when we were just off air a second ago um there there were some moments in it where we're really rang true for me uh from from my my time teaching and some of the issues that that, that you've picked out in the book uh i i think i've been resonant for a while and they've been stewing for teachers for, for quite a while um what, what what was your main reason for for really kind of wanting to to put this down on paper and and and, and talk about the issues that teachers are facing I think it was a mixture really. I mean, it came from personal experience because I had spent some time in a school and moved quite quickly into a leadership position as a detail in the book. Um, And it wasn't really wanted, I suppose, at the time. It was through a member of um, staff going off 
sick after we'd been put into special measures and I was kind of thrust into this position that I didn't really want and and didn't enjoy um and at that time you know it was a clear crossroads for me um I mean there's that Robert Frost poem isn't there the the path not taken I think it's called um, where you know somebody stands at this fork fork in the road and and decides which paths are taken I had two options available to me as far as I could see it I either moved schools and stepped down from a leadership position and that would save my teaching career or I quit and I went and did something else Um, and it took a lot of courage to step down and leave but I did it and I went to another school and six years later here I am And I suppose it's just a longing, really, to give other teachers that, well, bit of positivity and to tell them that actually, you know, there is there is another way. There are other schools. And if you're in a toxic school, then, you know, if you get out, there is another way. So it was born from that. And also just the worrying statistics that we see in, you know, screamed all over the headlines and all over the TV about teacher retention. The fact that only... um, one in three people stick it out past five years is quite terrifying. It's uh, um, yeah, if I, I managed ten, I feel like I, I I was fairly long in the tooth by the time I left. To be honest, I think you are. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you're managing ten years nowadays, you've done pretty well. Um, so it was it was a mixture of both of them, really. To be honest, through personal experience and also noticing a national trend and speaking to colleagues and wanting to make it a difference because you know good teachers in the classroom do make the difference to kids. We need to keep them. They can. I mean, there's I mean, there's countless stories and they, and they always crop up just as just at this time of year, actually, as as year 11s are leaving or year six teachers are finding this, that you get those little notes back from from pupils and parents of of just what a difference that 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 you've made. I mean, you must have seen sort of countless pupils that, that have gone through in, in your time teaching that, that actually have gone on. And you thought, you know, they've been at that crossroads at some point or another. And actually, you've been probably been instrumental in in them taking that path. Yeah, I mean, I, I like to think so. Uh, I mean, I'm really proud of some of the kids that I've taught who are now teachers themselves, um, <laughs> which is which is amazing. It's kind of gone full circle. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just I think the power of a, of a good teacher as a mentor, as a coach, it's just it's so important. It's vital. And we need to keep passionate, dedicated, knowledgeable teachers in the classroom where they belong. Absolutely. And that uh, it is really important that that teacher retention is, is going to be such a, an important thing going forward. And I think there's a, there's another big recruitment drive going on um, to, to try and get people back into the classroom. And, and then once we've we've got people in the classroom, like you said, we've got to keep them there. Um, we'll go on to in a little bit more detail about the book um, uh, just in a little bit. But we're going to come up to a music break now, if that's OK. Um, now, you've got, you've chosen a few songs for us. And the first one that we've picked out here, uh, you've you've got a Prince track. Uh, Let's go crazy, which is absolutely brilliant. Uh, what was what was your reasoning behind uh, behind get, going for Prince to start with? Um, well, this is kind of my Friday night tune. Um, <laughs> so I've had a hectic, busy week. Um, you know, this is the time where I get to pour a gin um, and, and relax and have a bit of a dance. And it's that kind of song, isn't it, where you cannot help but dance to it. It's perfect. Here's Prince. The Frequency. 104.7. The Area. Rossendale Valley. The Station. Rossendale Radio. 
Welcome back to the Weekend Windown. It's Paul Jenkins and I'm talking to Heidi Hughes about her new book, Preserving Positivity. Um, and uh, and obviously we've been uh, sort of setting the scene a little bit and being in that that classroom setting. Uh, now, a lot of people I know are teachers because I've worked with quite a few and I still work with few people going into schools now. Um, but for the people at home, um, it's often something alien to them. And there's loads of people that will, uh, on one hand, say, oh, teachers, teachers have it easy. And on the other hand, will say, but I could never do it. Um, and and one of the reasons is about some of one of the th- things you pick out in the book is about uh, potential behaviour in the classroom. Um, now, wh- why do you think that's that can be such a tricky thing for, for teachers to tackle? And, and maybe one of the reasons that people may leave the profession. I think the problem with behaviour is that um, I mean, particularly in secondary, which is my um, area, I think that, you know, we're we're looking after, aren't we, children that are going through the transition from childhood to adulthood. And with that comes lots of hormones, um, lots of finding themselves, lots of not being able to control feelings. So you are bound to come across negative behaviour at times. But actually, when I've worked with adults, I think adults can be just as bad. Absolutely. Um, So, um, I mean, I think think kids and teenagers particularly do get a bad rep in that respect Mm -hmm. um but i think the problem in schools is it's a lack of consistency um and i think a lack of collaboration between parents and teachers so sometimes um teachers especially early career teachers have this kind of idea that parents are going to be quite uh, hostile i suppose if, if they ring them for support and i've just found that that's absolutely not the case um, so I think the huge problem that teachers have is with consistency and lack of support from senior management or perceived lack of support from senior management. It, it, it can be. I, I mean, I, I, I remember firsthand how, how isolating and frustrating it can be if, yeah. if you've got an issue uh, with uh, with a pupil and actually you feel like you, you don't have someone to turn to. I think in primary, there's there's always that that nice fallback that somebody's going to be there at the gate to pick them up. You're going to have a contact with somebody that you can see at the end of the day. Whereas in secondary, you, you might have an issue first thing in the morning on a, on a Monday morning and actually not see another adult for the rest of the day to deal with this particular issue. And, and it's not live anymore. So it, it can be really a, a quite a stressful burden for, for teachers to carry around with them, can't it? Yeah, it absolutely is. And I think what people, I mean, teaching is such a funny profession because on the one hand, everybody thinks that they know everything about it because <laughs> they've been to school themselves. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, you you know nothing. I mean, I was a late entrant into the profession. I came into it in my late 20s and I was a journalist at a national newspaper in London prior to that. Mm. Um, so, you know, I, I worked in an industry that was incredibly difficult, incredibly stressful, um, quite macho to be honest um there wasn't a great deal of women especially not women northerners working in it when i did um and so i already worked in quite a stressful situation so i, I was i suppose a bit better equipped than some nqts when i came into the profession to deal with the demands of the job however i had no idea what a roller coaster of emotions it would be um <laughs> and, and as you said before you know when somebody when you do you are faced with somebody who's exhibiting bad behaviour. You do take it really personally mm. and it's hard to, to turn that off really because teachers are, by the nature, quite emotional people because we care a lot. 
I think that's the thing is that I don't I don't think I've ever met a teacher that ever got into it because and we're going to talk about this a little bit because you mentioned it in the book. Um, nobody ever got into teaching for the money. I don't think I've ever met anyone who said I wanted to teach because I wanted to earn well or uh, earn X amount. Um, there's I mean, you, you, you sort of refer to it as sort of salary versus expectation um, in the book uh, in, in one of the chapters. Do you think that that is particularly a, a, a big issue for, for teachers and and do you think maybe it hasn't been recognized quite as much uh, i mean we've, we've it's actually sort of to this week there's been a, a big announcement about public sector pay and about teachers getting getting more money do you think that actually that that teachers do get the the the, the money that they deserve for, for doing the job I mean, look, I mean, I come from a very working class background, um, you know, and, and the money that I earn compared to many people that I went to school with or many people in my family seems like riches. Um, but it's like I say in the book, I mean, it is salary versus expectations and we do get the holidays. Um, but my goodness, you need them because you're on your knees, as you know yourself, yeah. by the time term time ends and I never see my children, um, you know. Um, but but it is that it is that salary versus expectations and what might look like a generous salary to some people. What they don't realise is that on average I'm clocking up sixty or seventy hours a week, um, and, and that's after you know making phone calls after school, holding intervention sessions, holding breakfast intervention sessions, planning, marking, assessing, all of those things that people don't realise comes with teaching. So, you know, I th- I think I am well. I am well paid for what I do, but on the other hand, if I was to break it down into an hourly sum instead of a salary, <laughs> then I'm absolutely not well paid. <laughs> it is. It's it's such a tricky a tricky balance uh, to do, and uh, and I mean, there's. I mean, you mentioned there about the the, the kind of stress and the, and the worry about it. I, I I knew the moment that I I wanted to leave the profession because I woke up at two o'clock in the morning, uh, and my first thought was one of our year 11s coursework. And I thought this is wrong. This is this. I'm I'm yeah. I'm 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 dedicating my entire life. And and as you were saying, you mentioned this in the book about the you know your your own children growing up and actually missing out on some of their experiences that you would usually have and and maybe have parental leave or something for in in a different profession. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you just can't get that in teaching unless you have an extremely understanding head. Um, and I was lucky for the first five, six years of my career, I did have a head who allowed you to do internal swaps to attend things like sports days. But, you know, sports days always seemed to fall when I had a, year, a crucial year 11 lesson, yeah. um, you know, or where I was doing a piece of coursework with year 10. And you have to make that difficult decision. And I'm, I'm ashamed to say in hindsight now that I often made the decision on, you know, and chose other people's children above my own. And when you think about that, it's quite a sad indictment, really. The, the amount of teachers I've met that, that have that sudden light bulb moment of going, oh, my goodness, it's a job, isn't it? I forgot. Yeah, um, well, you see it as a vocation. You, do. <laughs> you know, you get this teacher guilt to talk about that in the book as well. And, you know, could I be doing more? Is it my fault? It's almost like we take personal responsibility for exam results when actually they're nothing to do with us. Oh, tell me about it. There was a there was a holiday. I remember being down in the I was on holiday camping in the south of France and on, on results day. I wish I had never phoned home <laughs> because it, Gosh, ru- yeah. it ruined the next week and a half. Uh, and I just I, I, I honestly I wanted to come home. I wanted to look at spreadsheets <laughs> rather than be on holiday I mean, with my family. We don't go on holiday around results 
day specifically because I like to be there and just see what's going on. Um, I mean, interestingly, you asked me a minute ago um, about whether people appreciate how much work teachers do. And I actually think for the first time in many, many years, people are starting to appreciate it. And I think that's due to the fact that they've been having to home educate their own children. Um, during the the COVID-19 pandemic. So I've seen so many comments from (laughs) friends yeah hats off to your teachers because I couldn't do it and that's with one child or two children so I think there is going to be an era now hopefully fingers crossed of people realizing the good work that teachers do and long may it continue um we're coming on again uh, up to some music and uh, and this time uh, and again entirely relevant this woman's work uh Kate Bush why, why, why is that why have we we've we gone for this one um, just because I think I'm a woman and my work is never done. <laughs> so. so so Kate Bush has pretty much summed up everything you want to say in the next few minutes. Uh, yeah. Excellent. Here's Kate Bush. Playing more of the songs you like. This is 104.7 Rossendale Radio. Welcome back to the Weekend Wind Down. It's Paul Jenkins on the Waffle segment. And uh, I'm speaking to Hailey Hughes about her book, uh, Preserving Positivity, first and foremost, uh, but also a little nugget of information that you slipped in there uh, about your work before you were a teacher. Uh, you used to work for a national newspaper. Is that right? I did a rather infamous one. Um, okay. It's now been closed down for phone hacking. So uh, oh, I'll need to, to work out that one yourself. Just, just appeared on the weekend. <laughs> Yes. That name of a jam song. We'll go with that. That's all that, that's all you yeah. need to know. Um, I mean, that must have been quite an environment to work in. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I think I need to write a book about it at some point. Um, but obviously, I'll have to get my legal uh, person looking through it. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, I was very, very young when I landed a job there. Um, it's all I'd ever wanted to do. Growing up, I'd looked at people like um, Piers Morgan and Matthew Wright, and they were my absolute heroes. Mm-hmm. I should have to say it now. Um <laughs> But, you know, I used to look at them and and think that was what I wanted to do. And then all the way through university, I did um, unpaid volunteer work at the Warrington Guardian, my local newspaper, and in magazines in Leeds. And I just built a portfolio and and then applied for a graduate trainee position that the paper had going and and managed to get on it. And they paid for me to do a a postgraduate diploma in newspaper journalism in London. And and it was an amazing time, but I was very young. I was 21. and it was it was a big culture shock um and i was hobnobbing with people who had more money than i'd ever seen um and i had some amazing experiences some pretty grim and dire experiences but after a few years of doing it i just i say in the in the spot on the um author bit of my book that i found a conscience and that kind of is what happened really i started to want to do something a bit more socially conscious and and you know altruistic and journalism was just not what i thought it was going to be uh, and it's and that's a profession that's massively changing as well and i should imagine in the time that since you've uh, sort of left journalism that i mean you were you were talking about working your way up and and it's that it's that old thing of just doing court cases and funerals uh, to start mm-hmm. with and mm-hmm. then you and then yeah. you work your way up don't you um but but even now i mean there's there's a massive change in the way that we even consume news isn't there yeah, I mean, a lot of the people that I used to work with, I mean, I'm not sure what they're doing now, but I think newspapers as I knew them just don't exist anymore. It's, it is a, a very difficult time when we've, we're seeing, certainly with local news, there's, there's a lot of local yeah. newspapers uh, shutting down. But you've, uh, you've continued uh, to write articles, haven't you? 
Oh yeah, I mean I've never left it behind. I think once a writer and a journalist, always always a journalist. So um, after I left the infamous newspaper, um, I went into teaching and then um, continued to write for, for magazines and ended up as the deputy editor at a magazine called Vintage Life magazine. Right. Uh, so I did that for years um, and I've been a columnist at the test for a couple of years now, which I really enjoy because I get to write about things that I'm passionate about as an educator. Um, and I also get a choice in the things I do, I'm not knocking on people's doors and, you know, trying to interview them after a relative has died or anything awful like that. So it's the kind of journalism that I like and I'm passionate about. And and this actually it was one of the things that I, uh, when I was looking through the book earlier, um, it's uh, you, you give a massive list of, of acronyms in the front of your book uh, and mm. you've and you've done exactly what all educators do you, you've mentioned it as the tes uh, and there's a lot of people going out and going well, what's the tes and then of course that's yeah. the times educational supplement but do yeah you, do you find that that, that actually as, a, as an educator you just get bombarded with with so many different acronyms <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, especially in education. I think anything that's in the, the public services, it's it's acronym central, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it is. I mean, I mean, obviously, you know, I, I, I refer to you, if you said pupil referral unit all the time instead of Prue, I think you'd uh, we, we'd all lose our minds. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I mean, what, what sort of things have you going back to the test? What, what sort of things have you have you written for what touched upon in the articles you've written? Oh, all sorts of things. But I mean, I've uh, I wrote an article that kind of took took off quite a bit about how um, schools need to modernise in terms of dress codes for staff because I have a lot of tattoos. I mean, I, I think I probably have about 150 to 200 tattoos yeah. and pretty much full coverage. Um, and, you know, whenever I meet um, other teachers from different schools, they're absolutely flabbergasted that I'm somehow allowed to, to exist as a teacher and, and be able to show my tattoos. So... <laughs> It was about that, really. Um, so that that did quite well. And then I wrote one about the demise of the staff rooms um, in schools because quite a lot of new build schools now are not having st- uh, staff rooms anymore, um, which means that staff actually are on duty over the lunchtime mm. um and you know which i don't think is fair and that got picked up and i was ended up um, interviewed for quite a few radio stations for that and then i also did one about um how the de- there's a decline in students picking english literature and language at university and how you know, we need to save it so all sorts of things really that last one's a big bugbear of mine i, I think uh, because the the ma in creative oh sorry the the a level in creative writing was ditched mm-hmm. a few years back uh, and it was it was heartbreaking to watch and I, I remember um going to a conference with michael rosen just afterwards um and him passionately uh just uh, because he runs the, the children's creative literature yes. um yeah. a, a degree at, uh, at goldsmiths and it's uh I, I, I do, do you think that's an something that we're losing uh, or, or or with the curriculum changing in the way it has are we losing something there yeah i mean i think it's it all comes back to kind of neoliberalism really doesn't it and this you know marketization of education really that's happened and how essentially you know we're being fed this this story that we need to um, make stem subjects more um give them more time in, in the curriculum because that is actually the, the gaps that the government needs to plug on on the global market for jobs yeah um so that's leaving the arts and the humanities with you know no students wanting to study them because they're being told that there's no point and you won't get a job so it's all filling a government agenda but i always use the phrase you know the the earth without art is a and yes. and it's absolutely right isn't it it is uh, and we we 
we i think if we leave those those creative subjects behind then we're going to find ourselves in in five i, I used to say in 10 years time but it's catching up with us now it is. Um, we're going to mm. find ourselves in five years time looking around and our creative industries which are worth billions to the economy suddenly going we, we don't have any creative writers anymore we don't have any artists working on on computer game design or on or or, or in theaters as, as they're, they're so struggling so much at the moment all of those things that we're world leaders in we're, we're going to suddenly start to slip back and then a questions will be asked i think yeah um, definitely uh it's been i honestly i'm a, a teacher to teacher i could talk to you all day because you never stop being a teacher <laughs> even though even though i've left i've never i've never quite stopped um but uh i i could talk to you all day but unfortunately we we, we have to play music on this station and do news and things it's really annoying um <laughs> so uh, uh we've saved your last goodbye literally for the last goodbye so what why jeff buckley to finish um, because I was really unlucky um, in being a year 11 form teacher this year. Oh, okay. And um, I didn't get to say goodbye to my lovely form that I had for five years. Um, so I was on BBC Radio 5 Live a few weeks ago reading a letter out to them. Yeah. And this really is dedicated to them. It's uh, just before we play, Jeff. I mean, that must be uh, that not having that day. I mean, there's, there are floods of tears. If anyone's not experienced the, the last year 11 day. Um, I mean, that must have been a very strange thing to not have that that chance to, to say goodbye to them. It was horrible because obviously I've seen these amazing young people develop before my eyes for the last five years. And I'm particularly close to my form because we had a young man in my form who tragically passed away um, in, right. in year seven. So I've got a bond with this form that really I've never had over the past 15 years with other forms. Um, so, yeah, it was it was terrible, really. And I hope to be able somehow to to actually see them i've sent them all personalized cards and things but it's it's not the same roll on presentation night when they come and pick yes. up their certificates yeah <laughs> right thank you so much harley it's been an absolute pleasure talk to, talking to you here's jeff buckley 104.7 rossendale radio and there we go. Another Waffle the Bite-Sized podcast comes to an end. My guest, Hailey Hughes, this week was absolutely fantastic, talking about education, about the reasons that teachers may leave the profession or struggle in the profession. Um, and it was really nice to get that kind of glimpse behind not so much the primary school door, uh, as we have done in previous episodes, but actually looking at what's a real uh, issue in secondary education at the moment. And her book, Preserving Positivity, looks like it's going to be an absolutely fascinating read, um, particularly for anyone who is thinking of leaving the profession or even people going into the profession to kind of get an idea of some of the challenges that they may have have ahead of them. Um, as ever, I want to say a massive thank you to everybody involved in the making of Waffle the Bite Size podcast, for, to Melanie Kemp for her work on editing the show, and of course, our colleagues and friends at 104.7 Rossendale Radio for all of their help in helping us broadcast every week. We will see you next week with another great guest. <laughs>